0: This episode of Geek's Guide to the Galaxy is made possible thanks to support from listeners like you. So if you enjoy the show and want it to continue, please sign up to give us a dollar or two per episode over at patreon.com slash geeks. And if you'd rather make a one-time contribution, you can do that via check or PayPal over at geeksguideshow.com slash crowdfunding. And I want to give a special thank you to Michael Drever and Emma, who both just signed up this week to support us on Patreon, and to Simon Young, who just made a one-time contribution to the show via PayPal. So, big thanks again to everyone who's contributed. We really appreciate it. All right, so now let's get to our show. Wired.com presents
1: The Geek's Guide to the Galaxy.
0: And here is your host, David Barr Kirtley. Hello, and welcome to episode 429 of Geek's Guide to the Galaxy. Today on the show, we'll be discussing the video game movies Doom, Wing Commander, Double Dragon, Hitman, and Max Payne, and this will involve spoilers for all of those movies, so just be aware of that. And we previously discussed video game movies and TV shows back in episodes 415, 421, and 423, so definitely check those out if you miss them. And I'm joined by three guests. So first up, we've got Erin Lindsay, making her 21st appearance on the show. She's the author of the Bloodbound series of epic fantasy novels. And the Nicholas Lenoir series of paranormal detective novels, which she writes under the name E.L. Tetensor, A Golden Grave, the latest novel in her Rose Gallagher series of historical mysteries, is out now. So, Erin, welcome to the show.
2: Thanks, 21. I'm officially legal on Geek's Guide to the <laughs> Galaxy.
0: The next up we've got Zach Chapman making his seventh appearance on the show. His short fiction appears in Nature, Starship Sofa, Tales to Terrify, Steampunk Universe, and Writers of the Future. And he also edited the book Time Travel Tales, which includes stories by Catherine Wells, Sean Williams, and Robert Silverberg. So, Zach, welcome to the show.
1: I think this is the part where I'm supposed to say thank you for having me, (laughs) but we'll get to that.
0: (laughs) But thanks thanks for having me, though. (laughs) And also joining us today is Blake J. Harris, making his sixth appearance on the show. He's the author of the nonfiction book, The History of the Future, about virtual reality pioneer Palmer Luckey, and his video game history book, Console Wars, is currently being adapted for TV by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. His latest project is a book about Larry David, creator of Curb Your Enthusiasm and co-creator of Seinfeld. So, Blake, welcome to
3: the show. Welcome to the Phantom Zone, bad guy. I'm going to use that as my catchphrase from like <laughs> a Batman movie. <laughs>
0: Alright, yeah, so, uh, on this panel today, we're gonna be talking about all video game movies that are below 20% on Rotten Tomatoes. And, uh, I apologize to everyone. I take full responsibility for this. But, uh, I just had so much fun doing our other panels, and there were just some movies still on the list that we hadn't gotten to where I was kinda curious to watch them or, uh, to talk about them. Um, and so, uh, I appreciate you guys being good sports. And, uh, watching these movies and, and still speaking to me. Um,
4: <laughs>
2: There's just some things you can't walk back, Dave. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but so why don't we start off with Zach. And so Zach, um, just tell us um, how much experience did you have with the five games that these movies are based on? Um, actually, I guess not a whole lot. Definitely
1: less than all of the other podcasts up to this point. Um I hadn't even heard of well, I guess I'd heard of Wing Commander, um, but I was j I just assumed that it was like um like like a piloting sim, like a like a not science fiction piloting sim. Um and then obviously well, I looked into that and you know, it turns out to be yeah, this big science fiction y thing and Star Citizen and all these other sci you know, it's a big science fiction epic. Um and then Max Payne I've played that. Um, played a little bit of D- Double Dragon. Played Hitman. I like Hitman. Um, but I'm not like obsessive about those games like I have been in some of the past. Um, I did play the last two Doom games. Um, the 2016. I played the older Doom games. But the... Uh, I mean, I'm not like the demographic. I was a little bit too young for the original Doom series. Uh, but... The reboot in 2016, I think it was, and then its sequel. I've played, and I really, really like those games. It's like popcorn game. It's, it's really they the gameplay is just insanely good and addictive, and it's just like you're just constantly wanting to like get power ups and shoot things in the face and gore and heavy metal, and like, I really like those games. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't have like a huge history with. Really, any of these? I don't. Sounds like you're pretty familiar from what you just said. I mean, I think you've yeah. You know, I was impressed. Well, all those other games I'd like played and beat and like grew
0: up with, but like,
1: all right, man. bragging, beating these we'll, games, we'll playing the completion, you play games? dude, I'm a
0: real gamer. <laughs> uh, how about Aaron? Had you played any of these before?
2: Well, so this is kind of funny. Um, I played a lot of Doom more than I am prepared to perhaps confess to. Um, that that was one of my most addictive games at, at a certain period of my life. Um, so yes, a lot of that. I played a fair bit of Double Dragon. I had never heard of Max Payne or Hitman before the movies. But Wing Commander is a funny one because I thought up until last night when I watched it that I had never heard of it or or played it. But as the movie went on, I had this this memory just kind of unfurled itself of this of this um sci-fi game that I played where I had, he was either a wingman or a co-pilot or a gunner or something that was like a bipedal cat in a space suit. Yeah, that's wing commander. <laughs> and I was like, I must have played this game. Uh, and I just don't remember all that much of it. I, I guess it didn't really sear itself into my consciousness, but it must've been sometime in the nineties. And so I went, you know, kind of looked back on Wikipedia and stuff and tried to figure out which installment of Wing Commander that would have been. And I wasn't able to do that. But that was kind of funny for me, because the first thing that clicked, I was like, Kilrathi is a word that sounds familiar to me. But up until right up until that moment, I would have told you flat out that I had never even heard of it, let alone played it.
0: Do you remember were the spaceships sprites or polygons?
2: Oh, I don't remember. Was was was, Was
0: Mark Hamill in it?
2: Mark Hamill is a master of disguise with his voice, so I can't, I cannot <laughs> no, really he, say.
0: No, was he? if it was Wing Commander three or four, it actually has like full motion video where he's the star. Oh yeah,
2: no, no, not at all, not at all. It was, it was fairly rudimentary, is my memory of it. Yeah. And like I said, it would have been in the nineties at some point. I, I feel like it must have been among the earlier iterations yeah, of the or game. Yeah, it would have
0: been one or two then. Yeah.
2: And it kind of got all mixed up with, now I'm going to really date myself. Blake, you might be the only one with your <laughs> expertise who knows this one, but did you ever play Stellar 7?
3: No, I'm sorry. And I really wanted to be guys. there for you in the old,
0: old fogies wing of this thing. <laughs> anyway, but.
2: it kind of reminded me of a slightly amped up version of that. But anyway, nobody looked that up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, how about Blake? How much experience did you have with these five games? That was one of the first talkie video games.
3: Um, <laughs> I had, uh, uh, Double Dragon and Doom, and Doom I feel somewhat of a connection to, uh, you know, what the character in the film, Carmack, and because Carmack was such a big part of the Oculus book and, you know, it led me to research about Doom. So, of course, I had to start playing it again a few years ago when I was researching the book. But, uh, yeah, I mean, as I've mentioned on, uh, on our other shows, that, uh, that are about the topic a bit, uh, that I'm, I was never really and still not a first person shooter guy. So, um, I, that also, has prevented me from playing a lot of popular games since uh, like the past 20 years, though I do actually enjoy watching other people play who are talented at them since I'm very bad at them.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll say, I mean, um, I play playing doom one and two is basically what I did instead of going to high class in high school. Um, (laughs) So like, yeah, like playing doom and building levels for doom was, I mean, I spent thousands and thousands of hours doing that. I didn't like doom three at all. So I didn't play that one that much. But I did like Doom 2016, and I've played that on arcade mode for like hundreds of hundreds and hundreds of hours. And I have played um, Doom Eternal, but I haven't I haven't beaten it yet. Um, I played a lot of Double Dragon on the NES, and I loved Wing Commander One, Two, and Three. Um, although Three ran so slowly on my computer that it was basically unplayable, but I still spent hours and hours playing it. <laughs> Although actually my favorite game in that series is actually Privateer, where you're like a Han Solo type character in the Wing Commander universe, where you have to like go, you know, smuggle things and upgrade your ship with money. Um, and I've never played Max Payne or Hitman. But did um, you, so
2: if you played so much Wing Commander, does it sound familiar to you that at any point you had a Kilrathi ally? Or is yeah, that just no, so No, many there was
0: of this, them you can't? There was this one, no, there's this guy called Hobbs who was like a traitor, and he joined the Confederation Probably, I don't. Yeah, I think that was that probably in Wing Commander 2. I don't remember if he was in Wing Commander 1 or not. Um, so it was, I'm guessing it was Wing Commander 2 that you played, but I'm not 100% sure about, about that. It's been a long time. So the hmm. gameplay of those, is
1: it just you're, you're just flying in a ship and there's no out-of-ship levels? There's no, like, you're walking around as a character?
0: Well, um, in between missions, you're in the base and you go around and you talk to people um, and they give you a mission briefing. And so there's not yeah. like any like first person shooter parts or anything. But at the time, it was the most amazing cinematic game. Like you just couldn't believe how, how great it looked. Um, and, uh, and, and so yeah, it, it really like raised the bar for the whole gaming industry. Everyone looked at it and it sold like crazy. It was super, super popular at the time. And everyone looked at it and they're like, oh crap, we have to like increase our budgets five times to compete with Wing Commander. Cause it was, it was just so much better than any, you know, in terms of presentation, it was so much better than anything else at that time. Um, and as, yeah, and as Zach mentioned, um, uh, Chris Roberts, who created the game, who also directed this movie, uh, not one of his finer moments, but af, but more recently, he, um, he, he tried to pitch EA on bringing back Wing Commander. And they're like, nah, nobody would be interested in this. And so he took the same pitch video that he had made for a new Wing Commander game and crowdfunded it as Star Citizen and got like $200 million or something. So, uh, if you've been following star citizen at all, that's where that came Yeah,
3: Well, what, what's, uh, how did that story end? <laughs> <Is> he <laughs> delivered has, on his we're, crowdsourced We're,
0: we're all, waiting. <laughs> we're all waiting to find out.
3: Cause I, that was like stuff I was working on with the Oculus book back in 2015. Cause he was one of the first devs to say that he was going to, you know, to commit to, uh, Oculus. And he did a panel at South by in 2013 and about how star citizen was coming to the rift, um, but yeah, I guess we're waiting with bated breath. I uh, look forward to it. Yeah, Star well, Citizen. everyone
0: sort of makes fun of Star Citizen for being sort of infamous vaporware, but I, I, I've actually watched a lot of videos about the progress, and it looks pretty cool to me. I mean, I don't know if it'll ever come together, but um, I don't know. I'm
3: definitely rooting for it. I would uh, I would like there to be a happy ending.
0: So. Yeah. Uh, Zach, do you follow Star Citizen at all? Yeah, I think I had a friend that worked for them, um...
1: But, uh, yeah, I'm I'm interested. But, again, like, it, when is that supposed to come out? <laughs> but it, it's very appealing, isn't well, it? Well, they, like, they have been releasing, like, playable like, sections. But isn't it, sections. like, yeah, like a small, like a level. But isn't it, uh, from my understanding, isn't it supposed to be, like, this really big interactive kind of yeah, MMO? It's like an MMO, where, yeah, yeah. Yeah, where everyone has, it, where it has its own
0: economy, and it's just... I don't know, it seems yeah. like it's and, over-promised. And people like, are, like, paying hundreds of dollars, if not more, for ships that are going to be yeah. eventually in the game and stuff like that, yeah. Yeah, that just seems like a lot has been promised. Yeah. All right, well, let's let's get into these actual movies. Well, if it's anything <laughs> like the movie, then... Hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into these actual movies. So I'm, uh, I'm going to um switch it up, and we're going to go from best to worst, or, like, highest... Oh, wait, no, we're not, but we're going to start off with Doom anyway, because I'm afraid if we start off with Hitman or something, people are just going to stop listening right off the bat. (laughs) So, uh, so let's start off with Doom, a solid 2005, a solid 19% on, on Rotten Tomatoes. So just barely bad enough to be on this panel. (laughs) Um, so, uh, so Aaron, did you, did you ever see this before? You have any?
2: No, no, I hadn't seen it before. I, I don't know what to tell you. Um, I,
3: <laughs> I, uh, I want to, to see that in the poster of like the re-release. <laughs> just, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you.
2: <laughs> Karen. It's, you know, so many of these movies that, that in this cycle, um, for this podcast, I feel like, um, are just, it's really, really hard not to link them in your head to better versions of exactly the same plot. <laughs> Um, and it's really hard not to. I mean, I guess the the first thing that I would say about this is that I found it surprising that the whole hell angle had been completely (laughs) dropped, and instead they go just (laughs) straight up alien. Um, because you know it's basically a regurgitation of Alien and a million others in just in terms of the bone structure. Which is not that interesting in and of itself. I, I, I think if you're going to regurgitate a classic, you really need to to sort of either do a, a really good job of it, or or just you know say fuck it and, and make a double dragon style. I, I don't want to you know, <laughs> jump jump the queue here, but just like a shamelessly B movie from the gate kind of thing. And by casting Dwayne Johnson early in his acting career, I think maybe at some point they had that in mind. And then they bring in Carl Urban. And this is a head scratcher for me because these are two actors that I, that I like, I like Dwayne Johnson more in comedic roles, but anyways. Um, so it should have worked somehow, um, but it just didn't at all. I think the main reason it didn't for me um, is, is a, it kind of sucked all the creepiness out of doom. Mm-hmm. A big part of, and I'm not a religious person or, at all. And I, I don't believe in demons and hell and all of that, but there's still a creepiness that that brings this idea that you're battling um supernatural creatures. Whereas this whole business of aliens that inject you with other aliens via their tongue is just, it's not interesting anymore. Uh, it's cause it's always, you know, it's always just going to draw your brain back to back to better movies than, than this one. There just wasn't anything original about it. The only thing that I liked about it, really liked, because it was so bad, was the last scene where Carl Urban, I can't remember his call sign. I can't remember anybody. Reaper. Reaper? Reaper. Right.
4: Yeah. <laughs> where he...
2: Um, you know, takes the super drug. And by the way, can I just in- interrupt myself to put in parentheses? I found it astonishing how many of these plot points are picked up in mul- across multiple movies. But anyway, <laughs> so, so he takes the super drug at the end and then he the camera goes into first person shooter mode and he gets the <laughs> chainsaw and everything. It was so bad. It was so rad. I just <laughs> loved everything about that whole sequence because it was so shamelessly awful.
0: Yeah, and it was well, the uh,
2: only thing that actually <laughs> reminded me of the game. It was the first yeah. moment where I was like, "Oh, Doom."
0: Yeah, well, let me say because I, I actually saw this in the theater, and at the time, I was like, as I said, I was really into Doom, and I had like moved out um, to Austin, and my room, you know, and it's roommates with my best friend from high school who'd gotten a job working with John Romero, and I was really, really into this whole wow. thing. Um, and so, yeah, it was just a crushing disappointment for everyone involved when this movie came out. But I will say, I've always, over all these intervening years, I, I did remember that first person sequence as like, okay, that was pretty amazing. Um, and it's, yeah, it's so weird. They changed it. So it's not demons from hell. Somehow, um, <laughs> they, they're on Mars and they find, they're excavating some alien, like, tomb, basically. And it turns out that there were these aliens who, um, developed a extra chromosome that would give them superpowers, but, in evil people, it turned them into monsters and the monsters. They, they, and they did actually use the, um, demon designs from Doom 3. Um, but, but otherwise it, it has, and oh, and they put the BFG in one of the weapons from Doom, but other than that, it has oh, yeah. pretty much no connection to the games. Um, but, um, uh, Zach, what'd you think of, of this Doom movie?
1: Uh, I, I hated it. It's too dark. I mean, like, from a technical standpoint, the lighting is garbage. You can never tell what's going on. So that just... If you're watching a screen where 95% of it's black, mm. you can't... can't <laughs> like, there's, like, no suspense or anything. Um, so choppy editing, just, like, from not even an acting standpoint, and that's not great either. <laughs> um, it's just bad. So aside from... You know, I can I can get... I I kind of like this the story and the setting like not that it's like it's extremely uninspired and it's just ripping off aliens everything that Aaron said but I can still kind of like it's still familiar enough for me to kind of like automatically start warming up to it but everything is so awful no one's likable there's nothing to hold on to. <laughs> and then it's just like, it's just choppy editing. Even the first person shooter scene, I was just like, maybe because I'm seeing this now. Now I had seen this like when I was like 15 or 16, but I, I had watched it on like TBS or something. Um, and I wasn't really paying attention. But I, when I watched it now, I was like, this first person shooter scene is terrible. <laughs> it's like, you, it's it's even hard it, to tell. It definitely <laughs> is. And and like it made me just want to watch like a let's play of the new Doom games because <laughs> th-
4: those
1: are those are fun to watch and it's like really intense and you're always on the edge of your seat like, um. But yeah, this movie's not In, very good.
2: Can I just say one of the things that I find entertaining about that for me is to imagine the process where Carl Urban, who's and I haven't uh compared the, the timeline of this movie with where they are in the Lord of the Rings trilogy, but where he's sitting with this script and is like, yeah, <laughs> 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 this seems well, legit. No, but,
0: but the thing is like, doom was so like, you know, doom was installed on more computers than windows, at least, uh, you know, right. That, that's the claim. Like, I mean, so I, I can see like, you would want to get in on this, you know, cultural phenomenon. This must've been after. Cause like, this is 2005, and Fellowship of the Ring was 2001, so I, I think he would have been done filming Lord of the Rings by the time that he accepted this job. I, I think, um, but yeah, I want to get uh, Blake in here. Blake, what do you what do you think about all this?
3: Uh, so many thoughts. I like what Zach said. I feel like our criteria for, cause these are not the greatest of movies. It should be like, would you, ra- would you recommend someone, uh, play the game or do a, or watch a Let's Play or to watch the movie? <laughs> so if, if you watch the movie, that means it's at least worthy of that. Um, I mean, the first thing, uh, to echo what you guys have said, but like, I, I, I always try to imagine, like, what was the pitch meeting that led to this? And I feel like whoever pitched it, you know, upset. It was described the movie and they're like, you know, the studio's like, wow, we've seen that movie 50 times before. And they're like, yeah, but this one <laughs> takes place in hell. And then it's like, that's, a, that's not what the movie is. Like, that's at least what made this unique. Um, and the other thing that kind of occurs to me is, uh, and this, uh, for most of the other movies we'll discuss, uh, I'm probably going to harp on character or lack of character or, making it more character based but in this i kind of feel the opposite i feel like what was so addictive and what was so memorable and what was so successful about doom was the frenetic feel that you get and just like the carnage like that that visceral hunting feeling and like they almost should have not bothered so much with story which i can't believe i'm saying but like i feel like it should have been almost like a like a saw situation where you just like wake up and like you're just like in this fight and it's like what's going on and just to try to capture that pandemonium uh which i felt like was how i remember the game and 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 you know there there's a feeling to that um i i don't really know what they were going for here but they didn't succeed <laughs>
2: You're spot on there, Blake. I like the one of the things that's so addictive about Doom is it gets your blood pumping. There is a lot yeah. of adrenaline involved in in not getting splattered every five seconds. And just it is it's it's creepy and it's frenetic as you say. And none of that was here. And I almost wonder, like, if it would have been better if one of those <laughs> this is gonna sound a bit arthouse, but no dialogue.
3: Just, no i kind of think that's just good like it
2: should have actually no dialogue yeah. and it's just you're dropped in the middle of this like a like a parachute you know paratrooper and it's just like go try try not to die yeah. and he's just like trying not to die it might not work this might sound better in our heads than it would play wow. out on no, screen no but. i think that would
0: be i think that'd be cool but i'm mean, what, what strikes me though is that this is so imitative of aliens I mean, and so many movies are, are so imitative of aliens but are so much worse than aliens and i, I just don't understand like even having the template of aliens to go by, that they can't get even the basic stuff right. But and, this is
2: extreme, no?
0: Well, no, that, no, no. Let me, let me finish though. But but so, because um, in Aliens, it starts off and uh, Sigourney Weaver meets the Space Marines and they think she's some like spoiled rich girl and she thinks they're all crude. All right,
3: and by the way, there should just be none of anything like that. Like, you should just, there should be no slow scenes in this movie. This should just been like... <laughs>
0: No, no, wait, 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 no, I'm with you, but let me okay, just finish, yeah. let me just finish my point. So, and they think that, she, uh, and she thinks that they're just like crude and, and, you know, like, uh, insubordinate and all this stuff. And then throughout the course of the movie, like, they come to understand each other and respect each other and they form into a cohesive team and they grow as, as characters, you know? And I feel like every movie that's come in the wake of aliens has, has latched onto like, oh, like at the beginning, everyone's a total dickhead and <laughs> let's just do that and they they sort of miss the whole point that no but the whole point is that the characters start to grow and respect each other like like all these movies it's just like the characters are like total fucking dicks at the beginning and they're total fucking dicks at the end and it's just like not like who who cares if they die like you know so but no i agree with you blake that it, they should it should have and, and Aaron, it this should have gone just like total like art house horror movie like crazy i'd like, I I like, like to see like the
3: blair witch project version of this movie i feel like that low budget just like trying to create mood and and the sensation of what where are we what's going on would be so much better than every aspect of this
0: yeah and it bugs me too that they don't even have the green armor which is like you know like like if you're gonna make a doom movie they should be yeah there should be some green armor in there somewhere
2: This basically feels to me like, and you know, I I get this happens all the time, but it's just they're taking some, some well known IP and they're taking a, a sort of IKEA version of, of a well known plot. And then they're, they're, they're casting some, some names that they're hoping are going to be big box office names just around the corner. And they just kind of hope for some alchemy that never arrives.
0: Right. Oh, I know, like, they just
2: tack on. all these pieces together and just kind of hope it works.
0: Right. I right. will say I will say that this is not Doom at all, but the idea I thought – I actually thought the idea – the one scene in this I thought had sort of a glimmer of life to it was the scene where Carl um, Urban's sister wants to inject him with the extra chromosome thing, and it's going to mm-hmm. turn him into a super soldier if he's a good person, but it's going to turn him into a monster if he's a bad person, and he's saying – like, don't do it. I've done bad things. Like, I, I, I know, I don't want to see what's going to happen to me. And she says, like, no, you're a good person. I know you. And I thought that, like, as an individual scene, I actually thought that was pretty good and pretty interesting. And the problem was, mm-hmm. like, nothing else in the movie set that up or, you know, like, had any, gave that any emotional resonance at all. But if they had built the whole movie around, like, leading up to that moment in a really intelligent, you know, emotional way, I think that actually could have been really interesting, although still nothing really to do with Doom. But
3: Yeah. Oh, I agree. <laughs> that's, did, that was a good moment.
0: They didn't moment. do the
2: work on it, and they didn't do the work on anything.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I, I like that idea of like, oh, it's in, it affects some genetics one way. If you're predisposed, if you have like a genetic code that's predisposed to aggression, it'll make you more aggressive and turn you into a monster. If you're like a passive person, it's going to turn you into super soldier. That's a cool idea. It's like the uh,
3: like the sorting hat kind of.
2: It's yeah. like Firefly, uh, Serenity, the Reverse. Bueller, Bueller. <laughs>
0: yeah, could, 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 uh, got nothing
2: hear from you guys.
0: Wait, uh, remind remind. Yeah, so so the Reverse so I remember it, there was an experiment that went wrong and created the Reverse, but I don't remember a lot more beyond that. It,
2: it was, yeah, it was that the, the, the super evil empire, which I can't remember the name of it. Um, but the super evil empire decided that in order to create a perfect world, they created a drug they called the Pax that was supposed to make everyone peaceable. And they basically carpet bombed the, the planet with, with this gas and. So 99% of the population or whatever the percentage was, the overwhelming majority became so peaceful that they just like stopped eating and died in their chairs. <laughs> and then the the remainder the remainder who had like whatever predisposition became reavers. They became absolutely psychotic and insanely violent and and the reavers have been terrorizing the the universe ever since.
1: Hmm. I mean, that's cool lore.
2: I, you know, it's too bad about Firefly because I feel like, uh, sorry to get completely off topic, but I feel like um, there it would have been so nice if we led up to that a little more slowly than we did. And you know, it's great that the fans got their movie in Serenity, but I felt kind of robbed of all the in between steps that would have led to that really interesting piece of lore.
0: All right, come on, we're twenty eight minutes in here. You can't start talking about good movies already. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Let's stick with the, stick, stick with the program here. Um. But yeah, so so Doom obviously not good. One or two interesting ideas, but uh basically they took out the thing that made it Doom, which is the the demons and the, like the angry guy fighting the demons.
3: And uh, uh and uh, Doom backwards, the mood. Yeah, so good. <laughs> <laughs> Like I just imagine like the producer walking out after it's a flop and he's like, "What did I do wrong?" And seeing the poster in reverse and it's like, "Oh, the mood! I forgot to make it the mood of the game."
0: <laughs> like, like that is the best worst joke up. I've heard in
3: so
4: long. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, well, let's move yes. on to let's move on to Wing Commander. Um, so uh, let's see. So Aaron, you 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 were saying right that you were you were watching this movie and all of a sudden you're like, "Wait, I did play this game."
2: I did play this game. I feel like I had a tiger in a spacesuit. Um, yeah, I don't know what to say about this movie. It wasn't as bad as I thought, but maybe because it was the last one, I I just have been sort of pummeled into a state of <laughs> submission, and it's fine. It, I, I thought it wasn't so bad. I think that the weirdest thing about this for me, it got some of the little stuff right. It was almost the opposite. In general, I think the problem with most of the films we're talking about today is they came up with generally paint by numbers, but but at least workable bone structure for a plot. And then they just didn't do any of the work. They didn't hang any flesh on it. There's no Mm -hmm, characters. mm -hmm, There's mm -hmm. no attention to detail. There's no grace. There's nothing. This movie almost for me was the opposite in the sense that where it did well, it did well with small moments between characters, but it had no actual plot. It was, yeah. you know, this interstellar space war, but you don't really know much about the space war. You don't you don't it's really understand point. the world the world building and the lore behind it. And it basically revolves around what turns out to be a fairly meaningless battle.
1: Yeah. In it the just- middle of a,
2: a giant war, and so it just, there's no significance to anything that you don't understand the stakes, really. It felt like the, an episode or a few episodes in, in, a, in a Battlestar Galactica style <laughs> series, where all the beginning and the end is missing. And you just, it's all middle. And so nothing yeah. really had any significance. And it's too bad because I actually, in terms of, like I said, some of the, the detail stuff, as low budget as it was, I thought it wasn't too bad.
0: I, I agree. Th- that's totally right about it feeling like the middle. Th- this to me, it feels like three. Like, it feels like they got like an hour in. They're like, oh, we need to make this like 90 minutes long. Like, and somebody's like, oh, well, I saw this movie once where they were in a submarine and they were dropping depth charges on them. And like, oh, that's good. We could stick that in. You know, it was like so much like random shit just got thrown into this. But like, Zach, what did you, what do you think about this? Yeah. It, I 100% agree with the
1: just characters and there's no plot, like, when it ends, you will be shocked that it's over, because you're like, oh, that's just, like, a battle. You don't even see the bad guys, so I didn't have the context. Like, like I thought Wing Commander was not a sci-fi thing, and so when you finally actually see what the bad guys look like, it's, like, an hour and 15 minutes into the movie. There's just They're just not there for so much of it, or they're, like, just a spaceship flying around so it's all this like the the main character which is played uh, by Freddie Prinze Jr. horribly the worst <laughs> the worst acting of this bunch which is crazy because he's still an actor but like he he's come a long way he's still not a great actor but it's it's incomprehensible how bad his acting is in this movie but uh yeah anyways he's <laughs> He's terrible, and he, it's just like developing his character and his um his backstory, which is like he's um like a pill- he has pilgrim blood, he's like half pilgrim half uh not i guess human, and pilgrims are like uh the first spacefaring human race, and then I guess they were in space, and then they kind of evolved to their own to like be their own spacefaring race, and they can like detect. They don't need maps, basically. And that's really interesting. Like I like all that lore, but that's they're like kind I mean of... they're
0: like the navigators guild from Dune, right? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. But
1: they're not in like fish
0: tanks. They're they're just they'll they look like normal people, I guess. Yeah. That is one hundred percent not in the game at all, as far as I remember. Like I don't I'm like the
2: game I don't remember it at all. And they never explained it very well. Yeah. Like, they they explain sort of that you, you get the sense that they're discriminated against, but I, I don't know, I admittedly was a little bit distracted for the uh, info dump opening where it was like, <laughs> the pilgrims went out into space and everything exploded. I don't know, I wasn't really listening to that part. So maybe I missed it. But I missed the part about why there's this animosity between humans and pilgrims like so that this business of of Freddie Prince Jr. being discriminated against as much as he is, could have been interesting except that i didn't really understand it
1: I, I and that's the main conflict that's actually there's more of that conflict in this movie than there that's is true. of like um you know the the cat space, people the cats in
2: space oh yeah, yeah that's a really cat's good in point
1: space. and so it's it's mainly like them not trusting him and then this guy with this french accent is like you should trust him i've and they're i guess they're both the they're both navigators or whatever i don't know it's (laughs) it's pretty not good but it's i i prefer it to doom because at least it's got some interesting things one thing that that blew my mind is that this movie predates um uh the matrix by like two weeks and it has bullet time in it so that fucking blew my mind i was like whoa Really, this yeah, this yeah, movie what was it really? Yeah, ninety nine, I guess. Time. The yeah, I don't bullet time, the bullet time either. Um, so you you can actually just go to YouTube and look up bullet time, uh, Wing Commander, and or time splice Wing Commander. It's the same thing, but it's basically it's all these. It's a it's a half pan around a character while time is stopped, and it happens like three or four times in, in about. 25 seconds in this movie when they uh, go into like warp speed and how they do it is they get, you know, a hundred cameras and that all the cameras are spaced, you know, they're staggered in a half circle around an actor. And the actor will do an action and all the cameras will take a picture at the same time. So you get what appears to be a moving, the, the camera is moving while everyone is standing still. And they did this for the matrix and, and I think it was the same uh, person that set up the, the camera rigging for the matrix, but this actually it's the same technique and it predates the matrix. I don't know if the, if it was filmed before or not, but it came, it came out before the matrix. And I was like, well, that's really cool. And it looks cool. It's um the guy who played Shaggy, Matthew Lillard, like, falls, <laughs> he, he falls back and he spills water. And so there's water spilling everywhere and everyone's, it, it's a really cool scene. Um, but that's the best scene in the movie. And you can just look it up on YouTube. Didn't make much of an impression on me. Uh, Blake, <laughs> what'd you think of wing commander? Hold on. I'm getting a call from
3: Matthew Lillard. He says he prefers <laughs> to be known as the killer and scream <laughs> spoiler alert. Um, I, I was kind of like uh, digging what Aaron was saying earlier. Like, I, I kind of feel like I, I was thinking that of all, of all these five movies, if there was one that you said we had to watch uh, all day for 24 hours, uh, like, this would probably be my choice. Like, I feel like there's the most – like, like uh, hanging out with them was more fun than the others uh, on a relative scale. And I guess – I mean, uh, guess who said this quote? Was it my wife or was it Freddie Prince Jr.? I can't stand Wing Commander. I can't watch one scene of that movie. It was a piece of shit. <laughs> um, I guess – I mean, he felt really I, – I don't even think I disliked it as much as he did. Um Maybe just in comparison to watching the other movies, and I'm also like an underdog guy, so I, of, of all the five movies, this is the only one that actually was like a flop, even though I'm sure all of them would be considered, like, people probably think of them as very unsuccessful flops. Most of them, I think, actually made money. Um, maybe not Double Dragon, but that was a very low budget movie also. Um, mm-hmm. but like, this one was actually a flop, and I, uh, yeah, uh, I, I don't like think I, I have didn't. much else to add.
2: Sorry, I, I, I did read that quote, and I, I I kind of felt, I don't know, I don't know Pretty Prince Jr., but it kind of felt like he was trying to distance himself from a bad decision.
0: Well, he also, I mean, right. you left out the part where he says that he read the script and loved it, yep. <laughs> and then they changed the script on him, which, I mean, I don't know how much truth there is to that. But I did read somewhere that, you know, the Kilrothy were originally supposed to be in the movie a lot more, and just the special effects were so bad that they had to, like, cut out those scenes and sort of stitch the story together without it. Mm. and um well the funny thing too is like uh, I, uh, I don't think Freddie french
3: jr is the best actor for this role so him saying yes is like automatically made it not a good movie so regardless yeah. how
0: good the script was no no it
3: it was never going to be like a wise decision I, for him because yeah, no, he this was is
0: in one it. of the worst <laughs> casting choices in, I in started, the a suffers
1: because of it
2: <laughs> it does i spent a distracting amount of time trying to reconcile him with the iron bull from dragon age Cause he yeah. voices the Iron Bull and they, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that, I mean, I, he, they've done something to his voice. There's just, they must have. But I, I just, anyways, it, that was distracting because I had to do something to distract me while he was talking. I couldn't really <laughs> watch. I mean, he just also, to be fair, um, sometimes it can be hard to sort of remove your previous associations with an actor. And he's just yep. such a rom-com guy that I, I just couldn't quite square that circle.
3: That's fair. That's kind of I, like I was a little. I was a little disappointed. Like I wish his quote was like, "Hey, you know, I've been doing these uh, rom-com movies. I wanted to branch out. It didn't turn out how I expected, but I, you know, I got to do this and that. As opposed to like trying to distance himself from this film that I don't think he helped with his performance.
4: Yeah,
0: yeah. So I have. I don't my... think
2: it's a class move. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. So I have in my notes here. I think the only scene that I kind of like woke up for a little bit was where Rosie died and um and like the shaggy guy was trying to like get to her and everyone's like no she's beyond the force field you can't go out there that was the one part i was kind of like i, I sort of like woke up from my stupor for a moment and then i i fell back asleep um <laughs> but yeah i actually oh, and- liked
2: that whole storyline i mean yeah, that was cool. i didn't i didn't love it but it but it was a storyline that that felt real and felt human
1: one of the only two female characters that they kill and then they tease killing the other one Mhm yeah um, for the for the first 20 minutes i was like are there female characters in this universe and then the first woman that you see is just like someone that uh, matthew lillard is like you know goggling l- at and lusting then after, yeah. yeah lusting after and and i think that's it so it's that it's so it's three women, I think, total, and one of them doesn't have any lines, one of them gets killed, and one of them gets fake killed.
2: And yet, in my notes, this is one of the only movies of the whole deck that have any female characters with agency in them that aren't just disposable. It's That's a the lesson. Huge, huge problem for most of these movies. But yeah. I, I was, I was gonna wait for that one
0: until we get Yeah, no, a yeah, well actually let me say, cause I, I actually was surprised how bad this was compared to the games. And granted, my memories of the games are, are maybe like, you know, rose tinged and everything. But I remember particularly when Commander 1 and 2 have, like, having more of a like, you know, you feel more like you're a pilot in the Navy and it's not just like, you know, like a frat house or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um. And I do remember in Wing Commander 3, which is where they started using live actors, there's sort of two women. There's Angel and uh, there's like some mechanic. And the mechanic is actually played by an actual porn star. And so like you do your (laughs) missions and then like you go back to base and talk to them. And they're like, oh, you're such a good pilot. Like, you know, maybe I, I can show you how I can use my tools and stuff. And so like as a teenager you're like oh my god they cast an actual porn star in this game like the mind boggles at the possibilities <laughs>
4: right
0: but i don't think there is actually i don't i don't think there's actually any like you know sex scenes or anything that
3: might not resonate with uh our listeners who grew up with the internet because i know what you're talking about where it's <laughs> yeah, like oh my god porn is this very difficult thing to obtain not something that you type eight words in and then you're there. <laughs>
0: um but uh so i don't know maybe so like just thinking back on that i'm like yeah maybe the games were like more like crass than i remember but i remember them being more like grown up than than this and that might might just be not inaccurate memories but i I was surprised like i felt like this was more like like porkies or something than than (laughs) commander i'm also shocked at the lack
1: of the bad guys in this movie you you see them for maybe a total like when they're on screen maybe a total of 2 minutes
2: which can work if you build to it right? right like if you turn that into a thing in and of itself um what I'm trying to remember there's a couple of sci-fi movies that do that well where you don't you don't actually see the the alien and the enemy until quite late in the film and and it's a shocking moment like you finally get to see it whereas this they kind of just flash it in front of you like there it is
1: <laughs> and then they fall Do you think that was budget related, <laughs> and they fall <laughs> over in a dumb way. <laughs> I they, actually- it looks like recycled, sh- like shots of him killing one. I I replayed it, and it just it's not recycled, but they fall over in the exact same framing as like three three shots of that. And then you see they they look like they have these little Wolverine claws for one second. It's like what what's that? Like, and then he bum rushes the main character, and then you know Freddie Prince Jr. just shoots him dead. <laughs> a good example was uh, Independence
3: Day, right? That, that one, yes, like that's that's like the, the, what you I barely was... see oh, it. Yeah, yeah. They had the claw, like you still don't even really know exactly what they look like, but yeah, it was it was scary as hell, and you don't see it till later.
2: Didn't Predator do that for a while? Isn't it quite? I, I, it's been so long since I've seen that movie, but I kind of feel like it's fairly late in the movie before you actually get a good look at the Predator.
0: Yeah, well, especially once its mask come, it doesn't, its mask doesn't come off till the very end. Yeah. Um yeah. I will say like this when it's actually in the ships and it's like the first person view of like the dog fighting and the guns shooting off and stuff, that I thought that was actually pretty good. And I was like, "Oh, I wish there was more of, of that in this movie because it's like wink commander. That's what I'm here for." But mm-hmm. did everyone catch the uh, Chris Roberts cameo toward the end? That was so hilarious. N-
3: not I uh, I looked it up when I was reading about it. So, uh
0: Oh, no, yeah, yeah. as soon as I saw him, I'm like, oh, my God, is that Chris Roberts? He's the guy, like, at the very end when Freddie Prince Jr. gets rescued by the, like, I don't know, there's, like, some random pilot who shows up and it's like, I'm here to rescue you! And that's (laughs) that's Chris Roberts.
1: Isn't it strange that he would direct this movie? Um, I think you mentioned that, but uh, I, I just... It doesn't seem like you could just transfer from being a video
0: game developer or video game director even into being a but like I said, you know, Wing Commander Three and Four, they had live actors. So we'd and and they were huge actors. I mean it was like Mark Hamill, Malcolm McDowell, John Reese Davies. Um, you know, like so he had experience like filming Hollywood actors. And I I Mm -hmm. I think he was I think that was sort of his ambition at that time was to become a director. Because the games were moving more and more in that direction to the point that I sort of felt like you know the the actual game kind of became an afterthought um, in Wing Commander 3. <laughs> Um But um, yeah, I don't know why it didn't work out or why it went as badly as it did. But yeah, something something just didn't work here. I, I'm I'm thinking maybe I'm getting the benefit. Of that. I'm thinking it's like budget related
3: because the fact that they said the script changed, which always happens, but like the fact you don't see the alien and it's not done in a very intelligent way, it reminds me of just like when you're trying to save costs because it was cost too much money for the. Having like fight scenes or the makeup and all that stuff, and then also the dog fights—like that's like an easy win—and the fact that it's not as much in it as you'd expect for a movie called Wing Commander. I feel like they were really trying to stretch the dollar, and that was a big, you know, obstacle for here. Could be wrong,
0: but yeah, but, I, it
4: sounds
3: I, like
0: it. I just feel like, like if the characters—if the characters were just likable or you know, like professional, intelligent, competent, you know, like. <laughs> I feel like that's the biggest problem I have with the movie. It's just like they they just seem like a total jackass. Everyone seems like just like a total jackass. And it's kind of like, I don't really care what happens to any of these people. Um, Pretty much. But
2: shout out to the guy from Time Bandits who hasn't aged a day or hadn't aged a day between (laughs) Time Bandits and and that role. I was sure he was going to turn out to be the bad guy because he just, he seems evil. But no, he was barely in the movie at all. Which guy? He was the admiral.
0: Okay, he, I actually he thought the, the
2: supreme being from Time Bandit, not the supreme being, the the not supreme being, but I, the evil guy.
0: I actually thought the French guy wasn't bad. Like I, I, I wish mm-hmm. you know.
2: I've never seen him in anything else. He's totally unfamiliar.
0: Yeah, he was probably the one character I kind of I kind of liked. Um, all right, but let's move on to Double Dragon. Uh, Blake, as our Nintendo expert here, what do you think of Double Dragon?
3: Uh, my, my movie quote my my quote from the movie poster is just like it is what it is um, they didn't try to make a masterpiece here I guess I respect them for not doing that it's a low budget movie um, it is as someone had mentioned earlier like very much a B movie and uh, knows it going in uh, it, it gave me a vibe of Surf Ninjas uh, which <laughs> maybe <laughs> good or bad I mean like uh, I feel like this had nothing to do with the game I didn't didn't feel at all watching it the way I ever felt playing the game. And uh,
0: it may as well have just been named something else entirely. Uh, Zach, what do you think of Double Dragon? Uh, So, uh, I love this movie. (laughs) I
1: knew you were going to say that. I really love this movie. So, I saw saw this, like, parts of this movie when I was in high school, which was well after it had come out. And I was like, this looks pretty fucking cool. Because, like, I like... Like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 1 and 2, and it's very much I like Surf Ninjas, like I like those kinds of movies. And I also like, I mean, I like it, it has this weird cyberpunk thing going on with it. And it, it kind of reminds me of that first chapter of Snow Crash where like all the zany shit is happening, and you're just trying to get a hold of like what the fuck is going on in, like, in the world. And there's, like, all of this, uh, I-, I don't know, satire. Like, everything is, like, gone to shit. It's pretty much post-apocalyptic. I think it takes place in 2007, which is probably, like, 15 years after <laughs> the movie came out. But, like, the city is, like, completely, you know, I guess it's, like, what is it? New Las New- Vegas? N- New Angeles. New, New Angeles. It's um, LA after the big one. Yeah, and, like, they're just, like... <laughs> Bad guys in the streets, and you got like a like a Ghostbusters vehicle with that that, that flames shoot out of it. Um, and the, but there's like nice touches in this movie too that I think are funny. Like the there's so much pollution in the the water that there's a scene where someone like just scoops up water from the <laughs> the, 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 the <laughs> river and puts it in it, the engine of the boat to power the boat and like my wife caught it and she's like did did they just do that and i was like what and then later they even say that they're like oh this the sludge is so bad it'll melt your skin off
0: yeah well well the homeless people in their barrels on (laughs) fire they're pouring water in to keep the fire going yeah 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 i I don't know i i love it um the the fight scenes are pretty good (laughs) all right let me just say zach i agree with you 100 percent I, I I could not believe how much I li- I liked this movie. Um, I and I I'd never heard of it before, um, and uh, I had very low expectations. But yeah, like no, seriously, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, 1990s, one of my all-time favorite movies. And this was just like it was exactly like that. And I totally agree with everything you're saying about the the, the sort of like RoboCop style satire. And I also like I loved you know when I was in in the 90s, I was a huge fan of the TV show Party of Five. And mm-hmm. so uh, Scott have, Wolf for the win. Have have Bailey come in. I mean, I don't believe he would ever like win any fight against anybody ever, but he's like no. so adorable and uh it was just like so good to see him again. And uh yeah, I don't know. I just had an uh, uh, I I couldn't believe how much affection I had for this for this movie.
1: <laughs> well, I I mean, there is some good stuff behind it. Like Paul Dini was the writer for it, and so was Peter Gold. Peter Gold is a co-creator of Better Call Saul and wrote a bunch of uh, Breaking Bad. Paul Dini is a co-creator of Harley Quinn. He wrote... like I mean, these people, especially Paul Dini, that dude's like my childhood. He did Batman the Animated Series, Adventures of Superman, um, Batman Beyond, uh, a lot of the Looney Tunes stuff. He did uh, some of Star Wars, uh, Clone Wars stuff the guy is like a prolific writer and a and a good writer um i mean you can debate about that in this movie but i <laughs> i mean i just i have a huge you know and and it helps that i saw this movie um we we projected it we went to a friend's backyard and we all stayed you know far away from each other with our masks on and and watched <laughs> this movie um and and everyone enjoyed it i th- yeah. i'm
0: i know absolutely it this is else, a movie to watch it, like with a bunch of people who are all just like laughing and having fun yeah.
2: and and ideally a little a little bit high <laughs> it's just it's it's a really it's uh, i i i i love hated this movie i mostly loved it it's just it's so terrible but it's it's not trying to be anything else and it they, it had some of the most interesting ideas of any of the yeah. movies by far. I really liked what they did with their apocalyptic LA. It's the, it's just such a low-budget movie. It's like Mad Max as made by your summer camp group.
4: <laughs> like, You've know, oh,
2: you like cardboard cars and all this kind of stuff. And I mean, the gang members, there were moments of it that kind of reminded me of Tim Burton's Batman a little bit. Um, yeah, with the, yeah. just the, the way some of the gang members were. I mean, the gang members, like, w- what are these gangs? Like, there's like the postmen and the, the mimes and like the <laughs> assless chaps. I don't know what's going on over there. And it's just, it was so rad to see all of that. Um, and I also, I, <laughs> But some of it, I just couldn't even deal. Like the guy, Bobo or whatever, Boho. bo-ho. Bobo? Bobo's Dude, fucking he awesome. Looks like <laughs> he, he's, he's I, he looks like he's Captain Nutsack. He looks like a giant <laughs> testicle strapped That's into a wrestling costume. That's awesome! <laughs> just like,
1: what, what is not is to like about what's you- happening, guys? Right scre- now. Look, look up Bobo. Look at a screenshot right now, and you will know who won this argument. He looks amazing, <laughs> Captain
2: Nutsack over there. Um, so, so that was. I mean, just it's all of it is so bad that it's really good. But it it reminded me too. You could tell straight away in terms of the fight scenes. You have Scott Wolf running around, Bailey running around, like being completely the most unconvincing karate kid in the history of ever. <laughs> and then you can tell straight away the guy who's playing his brother is absolutely a martial artist. Yeah. All the way. <laughs> and it's so weird to have this contrast. And you're like, how are they brothers? Let's not dig into
1: it. <laughs> I, I love it. Um, the Yeah, like the Billy is just like throwing balls at people, knocking people over with like- Gumballs. Yeah, yeah, like it, doing little like- bit funny bits and then or or you can just see that it's just clearly uh, an actor that's edit, uh, a stunt performer um and then the other guy who's like this you know champion martial artist before he was cast in this movie and then he went on um to to do to be in a uh, brotherhood of the wolf he was the martial arts uh, native american in that movie but yeah he it's it's clear between the the two fighters but but yeah, yeah. i mean
0: my, he was also. As, let me just say, he was also in John Wick three. He was, I think, yeah. the main bad guy in John Wick three.
1: Uh, but I don't know. I, I bought them as brothers. I mean, my uh, my wife and her brother they they look more different than you know than those two. So I'm like, I I, oh, I, I yeah. can buy it. I,
2: I was thinking more about like their their partnership, where you have they're supposed to be a team. And they're supposed to have grown up with exactly the same training. (laughs) Scott Wolf running around like, I I tripped you with gumballs and banana peels, And then this other guy is like, you know, incredible martial artist. It's like, but they're on the same team. It's fine.
1: They kind of touch on it. It would have been cool if they touched on it like a little bit more. But in that first scene, Billy like kind of screws up the fight. And then his brother bails them out. I forget his the, the name Jimmy, brother. But. J- Jimmy. Jimmy, Jimmy, yeah. Um, but yeah. And then the, the T-1000 guy, the main bad guy. Oh my God, he's oh my amazing. God,
2: he's so bad. <laughs> he's, he's doing and, and he's totally his best doing it on vanilla...
1: Purpose. Yeah, it's it's amazing. And he's like, he looks like Vanilla Ice from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> but like a mustache twirling villain version. <laughs> the, and it's, the goatee eating, version. Yeah. Oh my God, the goatee, the pompadour thing. It's, it's like beautiful to watch. The
2: random chick with a whip who, why is she?
1: Why? Oh, she's terrible. Like, it was clear that she was hurting people on set with that whip, because <laughs> the way they were editing that, she had no idea what she was doing.
0: Well, let me just say, like, so this, so Robert Patrick, right, who is the T-1000 in Terminator 2, is the villain in this, and this is three years after Terminator 2. Like, to give you, it's, it's like really hard for me watching this not to, like, <laughs> this, this must be from, like, 1983 or something. No, no, this is from 1994. Um, and so, and she, you, you know that they're just like, oh, well, in Terminator 2, Robert Patrick, like, changed shape and everything. But do the <laughs> same, let's do the same thing here. Like oh and my everybody God, loved it that. I so just make it like a hundred times cheaper the and worse.
2: Special <laughs> effects for his for his magic powers were just I was like, what is even this supposed to be? He's paper man. He's black he, and white paper man and he, he falls turned... onto the ground like a piece of paper. Two
1: dimensional. <laughs> That's his power. He turns two dimensional.
2: <laughs> it reminds it's like something out of Doctor Horrible's sing-along blog. I want to get Bla- superpower ever.
0: I want to get Blake back in here. Blake, any uh Have you? Have we convinced you that this movie is actually more awesome than you initially thought?
3: I I I didn't give as much thought to the ideas behind it as I should have. Like in the same way, I I I don't think it's fair that I'm such a big stand for Demolition Man, but not really, you know, giving credit to this movie for its post-apocalyptic Los Angeles, and and it it is it is pretty interesting. Um, I I guess I didn't feel like it all worked as well, but I, I, I I enjoyed watching it. Well, largely because I, I like
0: scott wolf um actually let, let me um uh, mention some of the other world building things that i thought were cool um yeah they have vending machines where you can breathe oxygen because the air is so polluted that's very um, cool there's wind there's like electric windmill things on all the rooftops uh i love to the part where they're like racing along the river and they go by the hollywood sign because the hollywood sign is now like at like at water level um and then actually i thought this was really good so the dad who's a uh, Alyssa milano's dad who mentioned who's like who's like the chief of police or something mentions that they made this big initiative to get all the guns off the streets and so it actually kind of explains why everyone's fighting on the streets hand-to-hand combat and martial arts and everything you know because they 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 got rid of all the guns it's definitely a pro second amendment movie <laughs> There's also like a commercial
1: in the middle I of the movie that. randomly the of like a, a, a house jacks to keep your house from caving in because the foundation is so shitty. And there's been so many earthquakes. I thought that was kind of cool. I loved
3: that. You know who would have really loved this movie is uh, like a, like 11 year old Blake. Why, why did this not do <laughs> better? Like this totally would have my alley for sleepovers and stuff like that as a kid. I, I I'm just surprised that I didn't really know that much about it until I was an adult i mean i liked the yeah. game double dragon i did i was a big fan of party of five scott wolf was a very popular young actor i, I wonder why it didn't i guess maybe they didn't market it so much or didn't it didn't seem to capture uh the attention it,
2: of scott wolf world. is a great actor and party of five is a great show and uh, wh- one of the things that made me laugh the hardest was after um their sensei i can't remember her name dies <laughs> they do this like close-up of scott wolf with tears in his eyes and we're like and going full party of five here give us the full party of five scott we need to see the bailey tears <laughs>
4: at least just
0: have sad
2: <laughs> bailey face with the single man tear we didn't quite get there but yeah. it, he was like flexing his chops there for sure
0: no i had never i had literally never heard that this movie existed before um yeah like how is that like I, feel, there was so many less movies made back then
3: and i felt like i used to be aware of at least everything that came out even if i didn't See it.
1: Like how did how did this slip through the cracks I, so much? I mean, I, it got really really panned. It's like 8% or something on Rotten. Mm. Is it this is the lowest rated one and for me by far I love it the most. I
0: I legitimately love this movie. And Yeah, no, this is way better. This I would I think it's an absolute travesty for this to get less than 40%. But do you think it yeah. would be
2: different now? Like back then when that yeah, movie came out, most of the critics were quote unquote serious critics in major media outlets. Right. And there wasn't this proliferation of blogs and sort of, um, you know, little various little geeky corners of the world that would kind of glory in this sort of thing, the yep. way that there are now. So I wonder if, I mean, cause it's it's pretty clear that everybody totally missed the point. If you're not grading this movie on a curve, you're doing it wrong. Like it's, it's not trying to be, it's the only one of these movies I feel that completely uh, uh, self-consciously leaned into its shittiness from the beginning. It was, that's what it wanted to do. And if you're not taking that into account and realizing this is supposed to be a ridiculous ride, then it's, you know, it's, it's like, it's like going in a fun house and expecting it to be a roller coaster. It's like, that's, it's the wrong ride, dude. That's not, that's not what this
0: is. I mean, I don't want to oversell this movie. I mean, it could have been a lot better even being what it is. I mean, because like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie has everything that this has, but also has some genuinely like dramatic or, um you know, emotional parts and like. The Mortal Kombat movie, I think, is clearly better than this. I mean, they're, they're all kind of in the same vein, but this what? is just. What? Sorry. <laughs> well you, th- sorry, you think that the Mortal Kombat movie is worse than this?
2: I definitely do. I, okay, and I, inter- I wait, wait,
0: wait, let me, let me just finish my sentence. So, so, um, but I mean, this is fun, but it's like nothing other. It, it doesn't have anything going for it other than being fun, but it's pretty fun. But I mean, it, like, it needs some more, like, drama and or, um, emotion or something in order for me to think it was, you know,
3: I feel like the lockets really is like what threw me off. I, I just don't like those kinds of storylines. <laughs> like, if you're gonna have like a MacGuffin or like a big like stop the end of the world thing, like I don't know, like I just feel like it shouldn't. It just sets itself up for cheesy graphics and cheesy yeah. mythologies. I don't know, well, Zach.
0: What were you gonna say? I
1: I was I I've been thinking about this like the comparing it to Mortal Kombat and even to Street Fighter. Um but I grew up with Mortal Kombat. Um, like that was like in my DNA from like when I was very little. And I do think maybe this is a better movie. Uh, it's just that I have a lot of nostalgia for Mortal Kombat. This thing, I, I, I saw a little bit of it in high school and I thought like, oh, this this looks really funny. Um, but didn't, you know, watched it, watch it with friends now. And I just think that there's like a lot more interesting ideas. There's a lot of stuff. Because Mortal Kombat doesn't really have those things that you're saying, like those deep emotional beats. Um, so I think if, if you're just looking for a B movie, you know, that doesn't have all of that, that turn your brain off, this is like maybe, you know, it's,
0: it's one of those as good as it gets type of thing. Yeah. I just think Mortal Kombat has like some better fight scenes. And like, I like some of the darkness in the Mortal Kombat. Like if they go to the mm-hmm. dark world and stuff, like, I don't know. I mean, you know, I didn't love it either, but uh, you know, I don't know. It has a
1: way bigger budget for sure. I think if this movie had a Mortal Kombat budget, I mean, we'd be talking about it. Like, well, we're, <laughs> other, people, other, other people would be talking about it.
2: <laughs> yeah. It definitely had that, uh, you, you made it with your summer camp friends vibe for me, for sure. It this, was this
1: should super get a, cheap. It, it, this should be like a, it should get an arrow re-release if they don't have one <laughs> with, with like, you know, all the bonus features, I mean, this is something... There's so much to love. I just... I feel like someone needs to go into this muck and, like, bring it up. This is a total cult classic.
0: It should okay, be. Okay, wait a sec. Since you're so much younger than I am, I gotta ask you this. So, did you get the joke where the two henchmen put gum in their mouth at the same time? No. Okay. You got the, like... that the, Their names are Huey and Lewis, and he says, Huey, Lewis, any news? <laughs> <laughs> yeah i got that okay. all right so let me so, so yeah so obviously that's a reference to huey lewis in the news the the band but so yeah so like when 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 i was a kid there were the, there was this gum called double mint gum i don't know if it still exists but the ads were like nonstop, where they would have hot twins popping double mint gum into their mouth at the same time and the thing was like double your pleasure double your fun no way that's a different one no is it can you? double your double your merry with double mint gum. Yeah, double mint, right?
2: That's right. You got it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Right. With
0: with, ex, with extra double mint gum. Is that what? it is? Yeah. But um. But anyway, so that's without. I, I just want to for the for the for the kids. I just want to explain that <laughs> that joke. Um. I also thought it was kind of cool. So you know, at the end, Robert Patrick possesses um Jimmy Lee's body, and he and um his brother fight each other which I thought was a nice nod to the arcade game where it's a two-player co-op game. But then if you beat it, the two players have to fight each other to see who gets the girl at the end. So I thought it was was nice they stuck that in there.
2: I appreciated that they avoided that they were fighting for the girl, though. (laughs) Because that would have made me cranky. (laughs)
0: <laughs> no, no, but just that they had the brothers fight. I thought was a nice touch. Yeah,
2: and I the, that's like one of the only things that was like the game. the The only other thing that made me think of the game is at the end when they get the outfits, and then immediately, uh, Billy <laughs> is like, "These outfits suck. <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> wear these outfits."
0: Yeah, but I mean, some of the like a Bobo is from the game, and the Linda with who picks up the whips is from the game. Yeah, I and mean, there was, I mean, there. Was oh people. yeah,
2: no, they're they're like yeah. I I remember the girl with the whip from the game actually. It's which I guess answers my question about why she's actually there, but
0: Yeah. Uh all right, so moving on to Hitman and Max Payne. I'm kind of going to like combine these two cuz like why I can't not? Keep, I can't keep them straight <laughs> in my head no matter how hard I try.
4: Uh, um,
3: I can, I can I can make Hitman very straight for you. Here's the pitch. Hey, remember that movie Dave? What if uh what if Dave was evil and wanted to uh, take over like the Russian guy who wants to become president that I think that's <laughs> I think that was how they uh built the story there someone watching Dave thinking what would a sinister Dave do or, uh, or they were watching burn notes but uh anyway
0: yeah okay so wait so Zach I think you were the only one here who actually played these games um
1: yeah so so uh um, Max Payne is just like a third person uh, shooter. Um, I don't remember it being like uh, uh, particularly um, like a, about there, there's a lot of this imagery with like demons and demons doing things in this movie. I don't remember that being in the game. Um, it's like a kind of like a neo-noir like this movie. Um, and then Hitman is just like at least the current ones that I've played uh, it's kind of like a sandbox, and you have missions you got like twenty minutes to kill a guy or and then there 's a bunch of different missions but it's it's kind of like it, and you can there 's different ways to kill someone you know you could just you could just shoot them or you can poison them or like it, in in one example you can do re- like really interesting setups to kill someone like if someone's like a a robot developer, you can hack their robot. And when they're giving a presentation, all, and all this stuff's happening real time, right? When you start the level, um, so you might have to like race over to a certain part of the level. They're they're really large. You you go over while they're giving their presentation. You hack their robot. It's like a defense robot, and then you get it to shoot them and kill them. So it looks like they killed themselves. There's all kinds of different, you know, you know, you suit set up like a Rube Goldberg death. if you want to get that achievement or whatever. (laughs) So there's all kinds of different ways to kill people. But this this is just shooting people.
0: (laughs) Let me say, say, Zach, so I did a little bit of research. And based on my research, this is the story of Hitman. There's like the ultimate assassin. He was cloned from the DNA of five different soldiers to create the ultimate soldier. Uh, They tried 47 times, and the 47th attempt was successful, and that's why he's Agent 47. And then there was a falling out among the five people who created him. And one of them sets him loose with instructions to kill the other four. Uh And he operates mostly by disguising himself and by dragging bodies around to hide them after he disables them. Which all sounds pretty cool to me. None of which is in this movie. <laughs> at all. Like, at all.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I feel like you're giving this gaming franchise like a bit more of it i mean that sounds interesting but from what i play is just, you're just kill like it's just like an open world like assassination missions like the you, the the storylines really really takes a back seat for like you kind of exploring the different ways to kill people that's like the fun part of it it's not the story but but yeah you are like you, you you'll knock someone out and like bring him into a closet and then swap your clothes and like you know go but but yeah it's just like this this guy none of i mean that i guess that kind of happens in this movie you don't really see it like he does he does do the whole costume swap i think twice but like he's got fucking barcodes on the back of his bald head like he's super it's just very apparent wherever this guy is he's not incognito at any time one of the first things that occurred
2: to me, I'm like, how are they not finding him instantly?
1: <laughs> and, he, and he walks around, like, in a fucking suit all Never the time wears with a his bald-as-fuck like, head. Yeah. No ball cap? Like, n- nothing? <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, so, well, so Aaron, I think you mentioned in an earlier panel that Timothy Oliphant is a favorite like actor of yours?
2: He I didn't say he was a favorite actor. I said he was a favorite face. Um he's I I like him a lot in Justified. Um I liked him in Deadwood. Uh, I have seen things. I've liked him in and you know, I spent a lot of time thinking about um particularly with regard to Hitman but also to some extent with regard to Max Payne like what is it about these that are so bad? And there are a lot of answers to the, the question. <laughs> um, but some of it is a little bit hard to put your finger on. Like the setup for Hitman that he's, you know, got this barcode and he works for the big secret agency. And, and you know, he starts off, he's doing hits in Niger for some reason, but then um, then you've got the Interpol guys running around. Anyway, all of the, it's it's all absurd and bears no resemblance to the real world. And yet that's not the problem with it at all for me. Because if you think about a movie like John Wick, the, f- the frame, the world building it is, is silly on its face, but that's not really the point. So why does John Wick work and work really well, at least for me, and, and why does this not work? And actually, Timothy Oliphant would be a, a solid choice if you're trying to, like, Keanu Reeves does this deadpan thing with a slight, slight wink. Timothy Oliphant is great at that. It's a solid choice. It should work, and it totally doesn't
1: at all. It's because he doesn't have any hair, Aaron. Timothy <laughs> Oliphant is a hair actor. I mean, <laughs> even now, like his like, hair is just glorious. I know. When you cut it off, he loses
0: all He's, his power.
2: It, it's true. It's true. He's no longer he, the, the beautiful creature that he is in some in some other shows. Um, He's but, basically
0: the Samson of uh, exactly action movies. Yeah.
2: But you know it's it's funny because I think both Max Payne and and um and Hitman are really good examples of what sort of the inverse of what I was talking about before where like the bone structure there's nothing particularly wrong for with it but there's so little attention to detail there's no love put into these movies you don't have like if you compare the fight scenes with John Wick or with uh held the Jason Bourne movies with the newer Bond movies you don't have to have a big budget flashy thing and Can we please, please put a moratorium on samurai swords, please? (laughs) Can there just be no more fucking katanas for a while? Anyway, just in brackets, like the scene where they're all fighting with the the, all the dudes and they decide to fight on the subway with katanas. Like if you're going to go that route, you better make it awesome. And it just wasn't awesome. And I just, I didn't feel the love of anybody involved with these projects in in giving them any soul or any flash or anything in between the spaces.
0: Like, what do you think of these movies?
3: Yeah, I, I, I like Aaron's analysis, not only the analysis, but just her, what, her trying to reverse engineer, like, what, what is wrong with these movies? Like, uh, on paper, they don't sound any worse than a typical action movie, one that could be good or bad. Um, and I, and I, I think it's, it is like the characters and the human relationships. And like one thing I was thinking just for watching Max Payne, I felt like, like, uh, you know, it's a revenge movie, but, I thought it'd just be like a lot more interesting if he if it wasn't his wife and his uh, child that died. The child be alive, so that that makes such an interesting situation. He's sort of conflicted between the past and trying to get revenge and trying to move forward. I don't know. I I feel like um they take themselves too seriously, and I like the the idea of them not being a love love put in.
0: Yeah, well, I I think one one huge problem with both of them is that the plots are so com- like needlessly complicated. Like with hitman i forget which one it was i had to actually like sit down and write down what the plot was and it's like (laughs) this is not a movie where i should be like having to struggle to like think like wait what is the plot of this movie you're right but
3: even like born identity i feel like the first time i watched it maybe i just wasn't paying full attention like like a lot like i kind of didn't really know what was going on but at least i understood like the motivation for every scene i understood like i like characters in it
0: no, but, but born identity, the, this is, no, but this is my point though, is that born identity, or actually I think born supremacy is a lot better, but it delivers on the action. Like this, like, doesn't, no, neither of these deliver on the action. Like, they, like so much time is taken up with peripheral characters who have nothing to do and like unbelievably complicated, you know, plot machinations that there's like no time left over for actual like, like Max Payne, I haven't played it, but I know the whole point of the game is you like jump through the air and time slows down and you shoot a bunch of people. And like, there's almost, there's like, like two shots or something in this movie where anything like that happens. And the rest of it is this just a like, boring paint by numbers detective story that's like s- such a like low rent Sin City. Um, and,
2: and it should have worked because again, like, like Mark Wahlberg is a good actor. I think I think he's a good actor. Look, I think he's a good actor. I agree with. I, I I think he's a good actor, and I think he has chops that certainly are at least up to delivering on a film like this. And and yet uh, he mumbles through the whole thing. He he doesn't. He just. I don't, there's only so much you can do to be fair with with the dialogue in both of these movies. The dialogue is just like, and they both have the same disposable Russian woman in them. And I was just like, oh, man, <laughs> yeah. seriously like, not it's only the do they actress. have a disposable Russian woman, it's literally the same disposable yeah. Russian. Well, and
0: and she like takes her shirt off and is like, have sex with does. me, That's and then the guy's for. like, no, maybe I don't feel like it. And it's just like, <laughs> actually, I, that was actually one of my biggest problems with Hitman was like is he like is he asexual or does he just like take his mission so seriously he never has sex like it was like that was like the one thing i was kind of like wait like there there was something potentially interesting about the character there but it's just, like the writing is so weird like there's this scene where they're driving in the car together and she's like talking and he's like if you don't shut up I'm going to, like, wrap a cord around your neck and put a bullet in your head. And she just, like, smiles, like, she's like oh, okay. we're really connecting here. Like, it's just it's so weird.
2: Dude, and then, so, she wants to have sex with him, and he doesn't want to have sex with her. So, he jabs a needle in her and puts her to sleep. And the next morning, she's like, hey, what's up?
1: She's totally fine with it. It's just, it's I mean, the worst. That was a cool, that was, like, the best scene in the whole movie. <laughs> she was, she was, she tr- was, she was trying to non con him and he was like, Get the fuck off of me. And then she kept trying, and then he was like, Alright, go to sleep.
2: <laughs> so so fine if he does that, but then can we just agree she's not gonna be okay with it the next day?
1: Yeah. Probably. I don't think the writers really cared about her character.
2: <laughs> Do you think so?
1: <laughs> I don't I don't think they were thinking about what her motivation was or or maybe how things in this movie would affect her.
2: <laughs> I mean, that this movie like if, if you're going to give this one a gender score, it's going to get like 2% on this Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> it is just it is the fucking worst of of the batch. And none of them were great, but but this one was the worst well, of the batch. Um uh,
1: Max Payne was wor- I thought Max Payne was the worst For, from a gender perspective? I don't well, from a everything perspective including <laughs> 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 I mean, at least uh, I don't know. It they're both bad, but yeah,
2: I don't know. Disposable Russian girl uh, was was a problem in both of them for sure. But but just the way the way she's dealt with in in Hitman, where she's just totally fine with all the abuse and it's a okay, is just the just oh, it's
1: infuriating. But they just kill her off in uh, in uh, Max Payne like five minutes into the movie.
2: They do, and that's awful. But you know what? She's probably not okay with it.
0: Yeah, <laughs>
2: do you know she just wants to come back for more because that's what bad girls like. <laughs>
0: Fuck off! All right, let me see if I can come up with anything I liked about these movies. Um, wait, oh, I actually the okay. So Zach mentions the um the like Valkyrie hallucinations. I actually thought those were pretty cool. I I really liked the shot where the guy like gets pulled backward out the window by the Valkyrie. Yeah,
2: I like that one too.
0: Um, but
2: I legit thought that was real.
1: <laughs> it's it, it's so confusing and, and anachronistic to everything else that's going on that it just fueled my rage for this movie even more (laughs) like because that it looks kind of cool and that it's interesting it just feels like it's in there because of that they're like well what let's just do something that looks cool here it's like it doesn't make any fucking sense nothing's dragging him out of the the wall he just fell
0: backwards but for some reason it's like huh it's in the trailer yeah yeah
2: Well, I think you're, I just, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I was just thinking aloud, like, while you were talking, I bet you that's the whole reason that scene exists is so they could put it in the trailer and someone would watch the movie. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. But I mean, like, if they had, and it doesn't make any sense, because we eventually find out that these people are just hallucinating because they're taking this drug. And it doesn't make any sense to me that they're all having the same hallucinations. Um, Yes. But so I wish there had been some implication that like somehow this drug allows you to see like some other layer of reality or something like at least somebody should like raise that possibility so that there's some explanation for why there's this, this consistency to this to this fantastical imagery.
2: It's not really possible to I think it's possible to enjoy any of these movies if you're the type of person and I dearly wish that I that I was if you're the type of person who can shut off the the why questions and the like you need you need it to to make sense like if you if you don't sit there and obsess about that's not how the nypd works that's not how interpol (laughs) works that's not how gravity works if you can shut if you can shut that off i think it's it's possible to enjoy these films as very and we keep saying it paint by numbers action films but but if you if you need if you need things to make sense it's just, especially, especially Hitman and Max Payne for me. Both of those, they're just—it's just, it's just a, a rapid fire, one after the other. That doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense, and it just becomes exhausting to watch.
0: All right, I want to get Blake back in here, but first, I just want to note my biggest plausibility issue with Max Payne: there are no bathrooms. On New York City subway platform,
2: I totally knew you were gonna say that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Not Let alone nice, gonna happen.
2: Nice big bathrooms with multiple yeah, the, and, the, sinks and the bathroom when they go inside and, it is. and it's
4: clean.
0: <laughs> and the, is, the bathroom is wider than the entire platform. Um, all right, but Blake, what do you what do you think? Uh, I I was hung
3: up on this. I was curious what you guys thought on uh, the reason for killing Mark Wahlberg's wife. I felt like I don't know that was. Couldn't there have been some other solution? And then, like, did this movie really have to happen?
0: Like, I don't know. Well, that's what happens in the game, I mean. So, I I think they kind of had to do that. Um. All right. So, my issue is with the devs. Okay. Um, But,
3: yeah. (laughs) Like, it was kind of like, it reminded me of Monk. And I realized the TV show has many advantages that these movies don't. Where they have to wrap it up at 90 minutes. But, like, after, like, nine seasons of trying to figure out who killed Trudy. And, like, I don't know. Her death was like, not that interesting or related to him. (laughs) you know, or his investigation. I don't know. I just, uh, that, uh, that was, that sort of bummed me out as a reason. Like, cause I, cause I thought the story stuff while convoluted was at least pretty interesting. And I didn't think that, that was a good enough reason and therefore to set the movie uh, into motion. You
2: And I mean, I've talked about it on the show before, but it's like, it's such a lazy way of catalyzing the protagonist's action. It's like kind of so many writers go to thing. It's like, we killed their woman or we raped their woman or we did something right. and and i it does go both ways to some degree and it's tiresome whether it's whether it's the male or the female character that gets off to catalyze the action but it's just it's it feels really lazy
0: all right yeah. and then i'm going to say something good about hit my 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 one thing i have here that i liked about hitman was the scene where he, uh there's like a shootout in a hotel where he like reaches into the ice box and pulls out two guns and he's killing people. That was, because uh, I actually saw this in theaters. I don't know why, but um <laughs> and that was the one part that I actually remembered. And it's still, it's like, but the thing is, you know, Aaron's saying like, you would only want to watch this movie if you can blah, blah, blah. But it's like, if you're like tempted to watch Hitman, just watch Born Supremacy. And if you're tempted to watch right. Max Payne, just watch <laughs> Sin City. And like they don't and if you're tempted to watch Doom, just watch Aliens, like they don't yeah. offer yeah. anything over their the things that they're trying to imitate, you yeah.
3: know. I guess that, that makes a good case for why Double Dragon was the most liked amongst you guys and why I probably overlooked it. That like it was its own thing, you know. Yeah, it's weird. And maybe I would say watch Demolition Man instead. But like, it, it, at least it it seemed to mostly succeed at what it wanted to be. And other these other movies, you're right. They're just lesser versions of better films.
0: Yeah, I guess like double. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Double Dragon had its own identity and Wing Commander sort of did, too. Like, there's no movie where I can say, oh, you should just watch this. Wing Commander is just a shittier version of it. I mean, it's kind of like Star Wars or whatever. But, um, you know, if Wing Commander were better. I mean it, it it I would maybe say it had its own I, identity. I
2: think the closest analogy for me would be Battlestar Galactica. Um but like the middle episodes except not as good. Yeah. Um, but this
0: is before you're talking about the 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 reboot series, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cuz this is before that. So
2: Is it when was Wing Commander?
0: This is 99.
2: Oh wow, it is really that old. Um But yeah, anyway, I you know, it's Battlestar Galactica, I don't Know how much resemblance the storyline bore to the original show because I never watched the original show, so I, I'm not necessarily going to hold it up as uh, it's a particularly original piece of work. But um, I think I, I I still feel like the the pilot of that Battlestar Galactic reboot is one of the the most interesting and fun things I've seen on television in a long time. Now, admittedly, I have to say that I was watching that binge watching it. Uh, with subtitles um, uh, in Pakistan on lockdown, and it was clearly filmed by somebody's hand cam. So all to say, my standards were not super high at the time. <laughs> it was the only entertainment I could get. Um, so I don't. No, know, no, I the, might experience the, it differently, but I recall really being impressed with it.
0: No, the first few seasons of the Battlestar Galactica reboot were amazing. Absolutely. Um, oh, but uh, we're not talking about good stuff here. We're talking no, about that's right. less than twenty percent. Um, Zach, any other thoughts here? Um, on Max Payne and
1: the or, I don't the just spy any, mo- anything. Uh, I mean, well, we're pretty
0: we're pretty close to the end here, so yeah,
1: it, it's it's really hard to. Uh, I think you, Dave, did a really good summary of these are just less than versions of great movies. You know, watch John Wick if you want an action movie. Watch Alien if you or Aliens if you want to. You know, if, if Doom is your thing um and uh wing commanders i mean just watch star wars uh but yeah and and definitely watch uh double dragon because it's just legitimately i i just have a lot of fun with it and i i want it it should be a cult classic i know i'm just like going off on how much i love this movie but it's just it's really fun it seems like people enjoyed making the movie there's like this kind of synergy this chemistry yeah, there's this love. that's not anywhere yeah there's love there's there's none of that in any of these no. other movies
2: no um, especially max Payne felt so dour
1: i've f- yeah that's the, i i wrote <laughs> yeah. dour twice in my notes <laughs> for max Payne and terrible twice um but yeah, yeah. uh and, don't definitely don't watch Max Payne under any circumstances. For me that was by far the
0: worst one. It's just it is just ugly to watch. Yeah, and I feel like Scott Wolf brings so much to Double Dragon cuz he's <laughs> so charismatic and he just seems like he's having fun. Um and in contrast to yeah, like Mark Wahlberg feels like he's just collecting a paycheck. And I don't know if you saw this thing about Timothy oliphant um Oliphant stated on the Nerdist podcast that he had no interest in returning for a sequel and only did the original film in order to pay for his new house following the sudden cancellation of Deadwood. (laughs) So so he obviously didn't give a crap, you know, like, um, so, so yeah. So I I think, yeah, the the takeaway here is that, uh, Double Dragon, if you it's like, it's like the kind of movie, again, to like, watch with your friends and like have a good time like laughing at how over the top it is
2: i feel like it would be so rad if they did action figures like would you not want the captain nutsack action figure
1: (laughs) i want want bobo the jimmy and billy (laughs) action figures that'd be so i mean it it looks like uh, this is the type of movie where it looks like they were going for that like they wanted to have action (laughs) figures made i want i want the t-1000 with the you know vanilla ice pompadour not, <laughs> i want that action figure and then i want like a little 2d version of him as well
2: or oh, yeah you could just pull it out like a card from the middle of the figure <laughs> yeah <laughs> we should design these this is a kickstarter project waiting
4: to happen
1: yeah and it comes with the release too the re-release of this on blue on 4k
0: <laughs> but yeah so so in, in my planning email you know i had mentioned that the possibility of doing a uh, because this is going to be bad video game movies, uh, the possibility of doing very bad video game movies, but I just don't think it's going to work. I mean, I'm I'm looking at the list here, and it's like so, that we haven't covered in the under twenty percent category. We've got Alone in the Dark, one percent; Mortal Kombat: Annihilation, two percent; House of the Dead, three percent; In the Name of the King, a Dungeon Siege Tale, four percent. Which actually I I can't find any way to actually watch. <laughs> Blood Rain, 4%, Street Fighter, The Legend of Chun-Li, 5%, Silent Hill Revelation, 8%, Hitman, Agent 47, 9%, Postal, 9%, and... Let's,
1: let's so, do a below 10%. We
0: I'm, did I just below don't, 20 <laughs> I just don't know, because mostly now it's like sequels to movies yeah. that... I don't know. Plus,
2: like at a certain point, how much can you chew your cud on this one? Like, is there anything left to say about bad movies that we haven't already covered?
1: Well, we found a gem here, didn't we? we maybe did. we'll find-
0: <laughs> <laughs> maybe Blood exactly. Rain Makes will an be interesting. A- point. <laughs> No, you How don't know Zach? what you're going to get. No. Zach? Why don't you watch the watch these movies and report back to us on what
4: exactly.
1: <laughs> I, I,
0: I already have too much. I've suffered too much brain damage from, this, uh, from
1: watching these movies.
2: My God, I couldn't even find Dave will tell you Wing Commander isn't even available in Canada. Unlike any format, I had to use my husband's sneaky VPN that he uses to watch <laughs> European football.
0: <laughs> I can only assume that that was some sort of uh, national defense initiative on the part of the Canadian government to keep <laughs> the infection from spreading any spreading northward. Could be. Well, but we appreciate you, uh, Aaron, going to such lengths to, thank, thank to watch you. Wing Commander.
2: And I actually, like I said, I I, I, I half-assed liked that movie. I mean, not liked it, but I, I had more fun. It's possible to have fun watching it because there are scenes in it that are fun. There are moments. Whereas, yeah, a couple of these movies, there's just... It's just not possible to enjoy them I don't think.
3: Well there's like there's people interacting like humans in Double Dragon and in Wing Commander. Like the other movies everyone is very dour and very stoic and very unrealistic and there's like no life in it. At least there at least there's banter in the other ones,
1: good or yeah. bad. The the Wing Commander and um Double Dragon have have like these little details that yeah. that you can yeah. pick up. Like like uh, Wing Commander has the 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 pilgrims they have these little locket things on them that they they had because they're like religious or whatever. And then there's these old school looking projector maps, you know, like a like someone would have sailing the seas, but they have them in space. Like there's you know some like design thought. Yeah, you're right. I would make. give them like a B for effort. At least. Like yeah, they they did try. And like Aaron was saying, like put some love into it. But it, it, but Max Payne, like there's no like. There's no little like nice little detail like even like the the tattoos on these characters they're all recycled it's all the same like Valkyrie thing and it's just a wing it looks just so like that that would be the moment right where you could like just add that little extra detail to it and it right. and it's the tattoos look like shit like they don't actually, like, they don't
0: have any kind of interest actually, in I have another note about Max Payne I wanted to mention which is that uh, if you haven't seen Dread the like Alex Garland's uh, Judge Dredd remake so It's actually one, surprisingly yeah. good. It's and, really good. Yeah, is and good. the I, Sylvester Hoss Stallone one? No, 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 no the, the new uh, one. Orban one. 20, actually, 2013. Oh, okay. the 3D one. Yeah, and actually, because and so in, in it, there's this drug I think called Slow Mo, where it changes your perception of time and makes it like everything's in slow motion. And like, I totally thought Max Payne was going in that same direction, and he was gonna, you know, when he like takes the the drug that then he was gonna be like you know time was going to be slowed down for him and then it was going to be like the game where he's like jumping through the air and shooting people and i can't believe they didn't do that i mean i I can only (laughs) think it must have been a budget issue or something
2: it's weird yeah But
1: they shot it like a regular action scene afterwards it was unbelievable like
2: like what was the superpower that he got from that drug
1: uh tripping balls and killing
2: people (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, like you have this this moment that's supposed to be, and there should have been some drama to that because you know, like at least in Doom, you had a sense of significance when when um Reaper's about to take the the, the magic drug, where you know this could turn him into a, a super badass or it could turn him into a psycho or kill him or whatever. You have a sense of like there's something at stake when he takes this, and there should have been on paper in Max Payne as well because. Um, they also have exactly the same thing, which isn't cliche at all, where they're trying to create a super soldier with the drug, but most people, you know, don't turn out right. And so, um, they, they, uh, like whatever the percentage is, the overwhelming majority don't. Don't take to the drug and they, they go psycho. It's not even clear to me which, which of those was
3: Max Payne. Like, did
2: he, did he become awesome or did he become psycho? Like that should be so obvious. <laughs> just like-
1: and also, why the fuck are people just taking this on the street? It, that makes no sense. Like, it, people, it was so clear that this was written by someone who'd never taken drugs recreationally.
3: I, like, I so hope that Dave has to like, interrupt now to do a read for that new movie on Netflix about powers where <laughs> people take like these pills that gives them powers that they don't even know what it's going to be but, <laughs> while you're but crapping like, on the concept.
1: <laughs> well, no. I mean, what, did they? it seemed like they were taking, like in the very first scene where people are taking this drug like someone takes it and it's like heroin or whatever. They're just like, Oh, yeah. I take it. Cause I like it. And yeah. then someone, then like, then we see like five people take it and just, Trip the fuck out in like horror demon stuff. No one would take <laughs> that drug. No one would want to take that. Drug. Yeah, I feel like the drug dealer is just like, why would I carry this? People like
3: the heroin. Why, I don't yeah, need to send them mystery. Ta- <laughs> when, the,
2: when, the, when the sexy Russian girl takes it, it's like, ooh, sexy drug. It's like being on heroin or ecstasy where she's all <laughs> breathy sexual size. And then the next thing you know, somebody else takes it and it's like, actually, there are demons trying to tear my scalp off. So it's definitely <laughs> totally the same drug.
0: So, um, yeah, I think we should start wrapping this up. Um, Blake, any, uh, any final thoughts on this whole experience?
3: I, I'm just stunned that they would, uh, get Timothy Oliphant and without the hair, like you, you don't cast Pam Anderson for, uh. Uh, a shoulders up movie you know like it is a he's a very handsome man uh, that's an interesting analogy (laughs) well not to say that she's not a very thoughtful woman but uh, you know if you're gonna pay top dollar you want to get the whole package so it was actually kind of interesting
0: in my um, research the reason that he's bald in the game is because they couldn't get the hair to look right and you're looking at the back (laughs) of his head for the whole game and so they're like fuck it we're just gonna make him bald
3: and there's, like, a lot of uh, good uh, bald actors out there. Uh, like, maybe that would have been a better place to begin. Uh My final thought is, I and I also think it's interesting that they would have a game developer involved in uh, Wing Commander. Like, I feel like I would have, I wonder what the developers think of these movies, or if them being around would have been helpful. Maybe I'm just giving a lot too, too much credit to, like, Carmack or Romero, in my estimation. Like, I feel like if they were involved with Doom, it would have at least felt more like Doom, even if it wasn't still not good and um there's something of the essence that seems to have gotten lost in the translation with most of these movies
0: yeah well and it's it's not just incidental stuff either it's basically the whole point of all these movies pretty much got lost in translation you know so yeah i don't know if there's a solution to that or not um you know obviously having chris roberts direct the movie doesn't seem to have helped really Um, right but um uh zach final thought uh
1: i guess i mean just my final thoughts is like moving forward i am curious to watch movies that are maybe a little bit older that were initially really panned um by critics and just kind of like maybe discover something cool because i feel like that's what happened here but uh but yeah but then there's like a time frame where you can definitely trust the critics right <laughs> so like anything after maybe 2001 or something like the though all those movies it's it's accurate i mean i actually think that for doom um and max Payne, that that, that they're being i can't believe doom almost has 20 percent. it's really bad i mean just technically it's awful um so you know i don't know like maybe i want to look back on some older movies that were just trashed uh, and see if you know I find a gym. That's that's where my head's at now. I'm that's an optimistic really takeaway. I like that. <laughs> Maybe I'm just desensitized. I watched so much of this garbage, and then you know saw a movie <laughs> that I kind of enjoyed. So I'm just ecstatic about it. I don't know. Actually, on our
0: Facebook page, Leslie Lewis says, "Watch the Bollywood Doom trilogy instead. This is Doom D H O O M. <laughs> Spies, dancing, romance, cops, multiple costume changes." I I don't know. Could could be rad. Did you guys see? Selling it to me.
2: There there was a thing going around Twitter for a while that was a a snippet from a Bollywood movie where these guys got catapulted over the, over castle walls. I don't know what movie that was from. God damn it was awesome. (laughs) I wanted to see the whole thing. It was just, you know, again, like not even attempting to be serious at all. And it's just these catapults. I think they had, were there palm trees? Were they using palm trees as catapults?
1: (laughs) I've seen that. (laughs) To
2: fling (laughs) themselves over the castle walls and they all land perfectly on their feet and they like do the sparkly close up. (laughs) Oh, it was just so rad. (laughs) I wanted to see the movie. I really, I should have checked when it was still there. I'll never find it now.
0: All right, Aaron, final thought.
2: I guess my final thought on this is in a perverse kind of way, this experience taught me a little bit more about storytelling, like in kind of racking my brain about why these things worked or, or why they didn't mostly why they didn't. Um, it, it, it sort of convinced me of some, some theories that I've been working on in the back of my brain about what makes for good storytelling and what, what makes mm. for immersive content. And, you know, the skeletons of these things, by and large, there's nothing wrong with them, but just, just as the skeleton of a human being tells you very little about what they're going to look like. Uh, it's, it's, it's in the details where all the beauty comes. It's in like Ooh, actually rendering it. Um, you know, all this sort of, all that little stuff in between that actually some, some, uh, to some extent, Wing Commander and Double Dragon got right. I don't think it's any accident that those are the ones that stuck out, even though maybe the, the bone structure wasn't there as, as much. Um, in wing commander in particular to me it just it just makes me want to emphasize different things when i'm plotting in terms of maybe not obsessing so much about the big plot points and Mm. obsessing much more about the the sort of in between spaces where all the magic happens
0: that's a really good point beautiful yeah 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 it's really good and also like the characters can't be annoying for the whole movie. <laughs> at least like, not
2: all of them. Yeah.
0: You need to make a, cor- you know, it needs to turn a corner where we start to like them or care, you know, at least care about them. Uh, and that's not just a problem with these under 20% movies. This is a problem that extends way, way beyond that. Um, but well, I think that's a topic for another day because we're going to have to wrap this up there. So we've been speaking with Aaron Lindsay, Zach Chapman and Blake J. Harris. So thanks everyone so much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, David. And that was our panel. So big thanks again to Aaron Lindsay, Zach Chapman, and Blake J. Harris for joining us on the show. And remember that Geeks Guide to the Galaxy is made possible thanks to support from listeners like you. So if you enjoy the show and want it to continue, please sign up to give us a dollar or two per episode over at patreon.com slash geeks. And if you'd rather make a one-time contribution, you can do that via check or PayPal over at geeksguideshow.com slash crowdfunding. So big thanks again to everyone who's contributed. We really appreciate it. All right, so that was our show. So thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you next time. The Geek's Guide to the Galaxy is a production of Wired.com. For more information
1: about the show, visit geeksguideshow.com. To learn more about your host, visit davidbarrkirtley.com. Music and voiceover produced by yours truly, Jack Kincaid. If you enjoyed this program, tell your
2: friends. If you didn't enjoy it, tell no one. Thank you for listening.